and good morning Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVOI, The Voice, Daily In-Depth News, conversation and talk about the people, ideas and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser, on this lovely Monday morning news hour here on the show. And with that, uh, welcome to all of our listeners listening, hopefully after a cool weekend out of the excessive heat and of course to mr matt neely making the magic happen on the other side of the glass matt happy monday we're, we're back in the saddle again let's do this morning zach it's a uh, lovely How are day you? today How? and uh yes. and uh it's weed your garden day so if you're running out of things sure. to do today re- weed your garden if, if your if your garden is not rocks uh yeah it's weed your, weed your garden day <laughs> How about we use this, Matt, as a way to beg for an earlier start to the monsoons? I would be more than okay weeding my garden after a week of heavy monsoons. Let's let's make it happen. They're saying June fifteenth, but I think it's more about the uh, more about is it the dew point or what whatever the kind of the humidity factor is that is more of a reflection of when we get rain. Help me out here. Well, regardless of the three days of 54-degree dew point or higher, regardless of all that, which is usually happens around July 4th, there is rain in the forecast Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, So, uh, oh, and right. decent chances of it. So uh, regardless of uh, the dew point trend, uh, you know, at least we got a shot of some rain late this week. So uh, bear with the heat for a few more days, and, uh, <laughs> and including the 111 on Thursday. Thank you. And, uh, I, and I think we, we, may be, we may be in business on Friday. We'll see. Nice. Yeah, I was actually looking at uh, the weather app now that you mentioned it. I noticed Thursday, which is going to be absolutely brutal. But then there's 40 to 60% chance of rain. At least that's what it was yesterday. Maybe it's gone up for the end of the week. But uh, you you keep us up to up to date on that, Matt. We don't have to do that here. Uh, listen to uh, listen to the breaks throughout the morning. Matt will let you know what to expect from the weather. But uh, yeah, 111 on Thursday. We better get some for it. So. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I'm looking forward to the show today. It is our Monday morning news hour. Uh, A bit of a longer second segment I have planned. I want to talk about uh, a piece in the Washington Post that absolutely broke my heart. Um, And it was really hard to read. Uh, I'm going to tell you what the piece is and then also warn you that there is some pretty vivid language. Uh, I don't think that anything that I would, you know, get banned from saying uh, on the air, but pretty close. I'm not going to say it. I, I, I know I just gave Matt a heart attack, uh, but that is to say that there was some pretty strong language in a law form Washington Post article, and it just broke my heart uh, because I think the local Tucson connection. Cities are like Hallmark Christmas movies. Once you've seen a few, you know how the story begins, goes, and ends. So we'll talk about that in our second segment. Uh, talking about what we're seeing in American cities around around this country. Uh, then Tom Heath will be with us at the bottom of the hour. He is host of a he's host of a podcast. Matt, was it you? Was it you that 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 showed me the satire piece about radio B. show and podcast yeah. host? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all they do is interview other radio and podcast hosts. Did you show? <laughs> It's a great headline. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make that come true for you today. That's not gonna be satire anymore. <laughs> Nation's podcast hosts suddenly realize they're all just inv- interviewing each other about their podcast. <laughs> yeah, that is very clever. Well, now it's local, Matt. Now it's local. Comes home. Uh, <laughs> 
Tom Heath is a radio podcast host, and it's going to be two radio podcast hosts uh, going at it in the second half hour. His podcast is Life Along the Streetcar, uh, and so it's going to be a downtown-focused session. He's actually written a book uh, that is a series of his conversations and interviews with people uh, really along the streetcar, that four-mile loop that connects downtown and the west side and the U of A. Uh, it's been a very successful podcast. We're going to talk about what he's seen in this area and also uh, shamelessly talk about his new book, which I'm very excited uh, very excited to read, now a local author. Uh, let's do this. Uh, let's give a shout-out to our segment sponsor to kick us off, Decibel Coffee Works, the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about, run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community. You'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and let's add to it, ice cream rumor no more you can get ice cream you can see their full menu and varieties of beans from around the world at decibel d-e-c-i-b-e-l coffeeworks.com and visit their location at 267 south avenida del convento at the mercado san Agustin annex uh, to get 10 percent off your next order by just mentioning that you heard about them here on tipping point with zach yenser 10 percent off your next order on anything you buy. And can I just add that for especially small food and beverage uh, companies in Tucson, summer is brutal. It is a hard time. If you are one of the true blue uh, Tucsonans, you, 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 you put up with our summers to see our best in the winter and spring, uh, make sure that you support our local businesses. Uh, I, I got to uh, I got to co-manage kind of a large food and beverage company in in Tucson before this show really got going. And I got to tell you, uh, not revelation to probably anybody listening, but we basically hold our breaths June through September and hope that we can make it through on the PNL because it's just a brutal drop off. So if you love great food and drink in Tucson, don't assume they're going to be okay without you. They're not. Go and support them. That's my PSA. Okay, we're going to go to our first break. When we come back, anger and heartbreak on bus number 15. American city governance, this is me speaking, uh, is in so many so many ways broken. This is a heartbreaking piece that has a Tucson connection. We'll be right back. Again, foot in the pothole, foot on the moon. Maybe a little blue to start. Uh, today, but we're going to end on a fun note talking with uh, the host of Life Along the Streetcar, Tom Heath. We'll be back to uh, really get into it here. It's your Monday morning news hour, Tipping Point with Zach Yenser continues on the other side. Radio by and for the people of Tucson, 1030 The Voice. Trusted local news and talk. The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. 
Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash offer.com. Hi, this is Ethan Orr from the University of Arizona, where we apply science for sustainability and economic opportunity. At the Arizona Cooperative Extension, we focus on youth leadership, water conservation, and environmental health. If you'd like to find out more about urban agriculture, youth development, or creating a healthier environment, call me, Ethan Orr, at 520-621-0906, or visit us at extension.arizona.edu. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the 70-plus startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges that houses the university's commercialization hub with several other projects coming out of the ground, they are integral in shaping the future of southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, this is Tom Sullivan. Join me weeknights from 7 to 10 for the Tom Sullivan Show on 1030 KVOI, The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning to you live out of the Common Workspace Studios here on AM 1030 KVY The Voice. You're listening to Tipping Point. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. Tom Heath on the other side, uh, radio and podcast host of Life Along the Streetcar, downtown radio show and podcast, and author of a new book. We'll talk some Tucson news and cultural events. Uh, but it is our Monday morning news hour. I read uh, probably more news than I should over the weekend since I should be taking a break because that's what I do every day. Uh, but I'm addicted. And there was, uh, there was a piece in the Washington Post that just absolutely was heartbreaking to read. And it, it has a current events tie to something happening in Tucson. That's why I bring it up. It, it's called Anger and Heartbreak on bus number 15 is the piece that you can read in the Washington Post. And when I put it up on social media, I did kind of like the, the caution sign emojis on the post uh, just to share that it's there's disturbing language in there. This is a piece that did not stray away from using some pretty, from quoting rather, I guess, some pretty harsh language um, as uh, as the piece tells the story of a woman named Suna Karabey, an immigrant to the U.S. from Turkey many years back as a 19-year-old. She's now a bus driver. Her bus is bus number 15 in Denver, Colorado, and they quoted some pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty horrible interactions with some of her, uh, some of her writers, and uh, just I don't see that a lot in kind of mainstream, so to speak, pieces where it gets that kind of vulgar and just upfront. So warning, uh, if that's helpful to anybody, it, it is a pretty jarring piece um, in in that way. But here, 
here's how uh, here's how it kind of went and and I'll repeat again cities are like Hallmark Christmas movies uh, once you've seen a few you know how the story begins goes and end my passion on this show for cities is because I feel like I can so clearly see where parts of greater Tucson are going because uh, I have a crystal ball, not because you know I'm a futurist, not because I'm smart, uh, but because I probably read way too much news from places around this country that are just a few years ahead of Tucson, and the Hallmark Christmas movie quality of the American city is that crystal ball. It tells one who wants to look closely enough and intentionally enough where your city or town is going. And by the way, I think this applies whether you are the town of Oro Valley or the city of Tucson, right? If you want to know, for example, where Oro Valley's housing market is going to go and what impacts that will have, look at major, even suburban American towns and cities, right? This is, there is, there is a algorithmic formula uh, that just seems innate to the city and suburban experience of metropolitan areas. You don't have to look very hard. Or look very far. This piece um, that highlights Suna Karabay talks about how in the past two years, Denver area bus drivers had reported being assaulted by their passengers more than 145 times. Suna herself says this piece by the Post had been spit on, hit with a toolbox, threatened with a knife, pushed in the back while driving, and chased into a restroom during her break. Her windshield had been shattered with rocks or glass bottles three times. This is a direct quote from the piece. The Denver she encountered each day on the bus had been transformed by a new wave of epidemics overwhelming major cities across the country. Homelessness in Denver was up by as much as 50% since the beginning of the pandemic. Violent crime had increased by 17%, murders by 47%. Some types of property crime had nearly doubled, and seizures of fentanyl and methamphetamine had quadrupled in the past year. Suna Karabay uh, tells the Washington Post that a quarter of her riders today are homeless. She describes the bus as the destination. There's a story where she gets to her final destination and there's still seven people on board and she has to ask them to step off the bus because they are at their destination but for them the bus is the destination. She takes the Washington Post journalist down Havana Street in Denver, Colorado, where a few months earlier, a woman in mental distress had shattered the windshields of two number 15 buses, the same bus that she drove, including Suna's, within five minutes. And Billings Street, too, where in the summer of 2021, a mentally unstable passenger tried to punch a crying toddler only to be tackled and then shot in the chest on the bus by the toddler's father. And then there was Dayton Street, where Suna had once asked a man in a red bikini to stop smoking fentanyl, and he shouted and swore in her face. And Downing, where another number 15 driver had been stabbed nearby with a three-inch blade. And Broadway, where on Thanksgiving, Suna had picked up a homeless man who swallowed a handful of pills, urinated on the bus, and asked her to call an ambulance, explaining that he'd poisoned himself so he could spend the holiday in a hospital with warm meals and a bed. She told the Washington Post journalist a story about an intoxicated and emaciated 57-year-old woman 
who had jumped out in front of a moving number 15 bus, shouted at the driver to stop, and then pushed her way up on board. She started cursing at other passengers, pacing up and down the aisle until a man twice her size stood up in the back of the bus and punched her in the face with a closed fist, slamming her to the floor. Quote, who ain't never been knocked out before, quote, he asked, as the woman lay unconscious in the aisle, and then he stood over her as the other passengers sat in their seats and watched. Here's one more, he said, stomping hard on her chest. He grabbed the one by the ankle and flung her off the bus, leaving her to die of blunt force trauma on the sidewalk. We can keep riding, though, one of their passengers had told the driver. We gotta get to work, man. I gotta tell you, that piece was, uh, I read it twice. A hard piece to read, and it goes on, and it goes on, and it goes on. Anger and heartbreak on bus number 15. And I think this got me because the, the, the problem has come to roost in Tucson. Not to the same degree, but it will be someday. We've heard the same from the Teamsters here, right here in Tucson earlier this spring. On May 1st, Tucson's Teamster Union released a letter asking for an end to uh, fare-free bus transit, which it blames for the recent spike in crime on routes. I got to tell you, uh, the conversation after this was reported, this is my side note, was, well, was it one person for the Teamsters or was it the whole Teamster union? There was this argument uh, about whether or not this was an actual Teamster vote. Uh, And I got to tell you, I personally uh, am going to refuse to lose the forest to the trees. Because what was more important was not how the letter came to be or who wrote the letter, but the fact that we know that assaults on drivers and riders have tripled between 2019 and 21, while the number of vandalism incidents increased to 146, more than double what it was. Reports the union representative for the Tucson Teamsters, I literally saw a guy pull down his pants and poop on the bench that our passengers are supposed to be sitting on. It's gotten way out of hand. Gone, she says, here in Tucson are typical riders replaced by an ever-increasing number of unhoused and displaced individuals. We have become a mobile refuge from the elements frequented by drug users, the mentally ill, and violent offenders that have made Suntran unsafe to ride, unquote. Now, if you've listened, in my opinion, to to this show, to me, for any more than two weeks, whether you are a long-term listener or you just started listening, uh, you you know that my approach to this show is one foot in the pothole, one foot on the moon. Uh, I I, I don't get up in the morning uh, to poke people in the eye, to throw stones, to be critical for the sake of being critical. Uh, There's, like there is in Denver, for crying out loud, a lot of good that is happening in Tucson, a lot of potential, a lot of seeds uh, in the ground. But the brokenness of American cities today is now taking root in Tucson, and I think we have to be clear about it. We cannot turn a blind eye anymore to the new epidemics of the last three years. The brokenness of American cities, my friends, is that we let today political checkboxes drive policy. One columnist uh, who is way smarter and way better than I will ever be in this seat 
said, put it this way over the weekend, and it stuck with me. We are more loyal to theory in the American city today than we are to people. Now, I, I'm an urban guy. I live in the city. I'm not going anywhere. My family's story is that over the course of, 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 of many years where there has been flight out of the urban areas into the metropolitan areas, my family has actually moved in. Uh, we, we, get, we get closer to the city. We get closer to the public schools. We get closer to the issues. We get closer to public transit. I'm not going anywhere. I am bullish on the opportunity of the American city and certainly ours here in Tucson. But the American city today, most cities are broken because we are more loyal to theory. We are more loyal to the political checkbox than we are to real life people. We, we can't turn a blind eye to these epidemics. The epidemics of rising homelessness, uh, 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 of lack of accountability, uh, of the, the inability to figure out a way to create safe public spaces that are also moral and just. We have turned our eye away from appropriate public safety. We have excused uh, homelessness at many levels. We are not taking on and challenging uh, drug crime in the way that we are, and we are not fessing up to the fact that so much of all those challenges derives from mental health. We are literally turning our eyes away because the reality on the ground experienced by real life people pushes back and against the theory and checkboxes of so much of urban governance in America today. And I think whether you are watching the LA mayoral race um, where uh, someone who uh, has not run for that kind of formal office before, Rick Caruso, uh, is beating out a long time uh, uh, individual who's been involved at a national and local level, Karen Bass. Uh, look around the country and you will see urban residents say, we want people who are more loyal to my lived experience than to theory. Right, and I've said this on the show before, and it's on record. I'll repeat it. Uh, I'm actually inclined to, to to fare free transit. I have kind of more economic and business reasons, perhaps, than than people who might agree with me um, in Tucson. I have a different approach to it, but I'm not going to live or die and plant my flag just for the sake of planting my flag on that um, as a theory. There, there has to be real life context around it. And if we're not going to have enough public safety professionals and we're going to make our bus systems that move this stuff around the city, then maybe we need to rethink our policy, which actually might be a good one, but is it a good one now? We are more loyal to theory than we are to people. It's breaking the potential of the American city, and the problem is now here to roost in Tucson. Anger and heartbreak on bus number 15. Read the piece that got me going this morning. Uh, when we go come back from a short break... We're going to end on a little bit of a happier note, probably a lot of a happier note. Tom Heath is with us. Life Along the Streetcar is the radio show he hosts. He's also written a new book. It'll be a fun way to end our Monday morning news hour. We'll be right back here on Tipping Point. Don't go anywhere. 
1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the 70-plus startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges that houses the university's commercialization hub with several other projects coming out of the ground, they are integral in shaping the future of southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell, but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash Offer. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Helping you make better money decisions is what the Ramsey Show is all about. Today at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning to you. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yens on AM 1030 KVY, The Voice, daily in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. Welcome back to our Monday morning news hour here on the uh, on the program, praying for rain at the end of the week. We need it. We're going to have to live through a 111-degree day to get there, so there better be something awesome on the <laughs> on the other side. Uh, and speaking of something awesome on the other side, I'm grateful for the palate cleanser uh, that will be a conversation I've been very much looking forward to uh, for a number of days with uh, Tom Heath, uh, host of the downtown radio show Life Along the Streetcar, and most recently a new author I have, the collection of interviews in front of me, uh, it looks beautiful, and I'm excited to talk about uh, your life along the streetcar. Tom Heath, good morning to you. Thanks for being here. Oh, always a pleasure. I appreciate the uh, the opportunity. How does it feel to be on this side of the table as 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 a as a uh, as a fellow interviewer? It's always weird to be on the other side. I really want to play with all those knobs <laughs> over there. And Please don't change, change the volume. So so Matt, uh, who's running board uh, today, Tom sent me on Friday. Um, a screenshot of a piece I think was in the Babylon Bee, a satire uh, publication. And it talked about how all the nation's podcaster, podcasters had this realization that they were all of a sudden just interviewing other podcasters on the show. Pretty much. And so I thought, well, uh, that's going to be our – locally, it, this is what the show has come down to, uh, interviewing other podcasters on the show so and radio hosts. But it's okay. Well, they, they 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 tell us we should talk about and write about what we know, and and, and honestly, my my show and my in the book is the complete the complete opposite. The whole show started out of things I didn't know, yeah, and wanted to learn more about. So, talking to other podcasters, talking to people doing things in our community, uh, I'm I'm all for that mm-hmm, for sure. 
Yeah, before we get into it, uh, you have a couple of different hats I want to dive in on, speaking again specifically to that area between uh, downtown, the University of Arizona, the many stories. That's the birthplace of Tucson is is where the streetcar ends. Uh, but this segment and this conversation is brought to us by our friends over at Advantage West Credit Union, which are supporting a series called Essential Customer, where we talk to businesses and organizations and brands that have grown and thrived coming out of covid and have something ahead in the future for us all to look forward to. And we want to support them by being essential customers and uh, patronizing, supporting their businesses. And we certainly would love for people to be listening uh, and, um, and and buying the book. So uh, good conversation. Thanks to our friends over at Vantage West Credit Union. So life along the streetcar, Tom, tell us the kind of the, the, the premise of the show and what kind of the conversations you've gotten to have over the last few years. Well, the show started in uh, on the air in 2017, so we're, we're approaching our fifth year anniversary coming wow. up here. We've had, uh, at this point, 200 and some episodes, probably 175 or thereabouts unique guests. Of course, we've had, uh, you know, exact answer on a couple of times, so that takes care of a couple shows. But it all started um, for me in 2015 when I realized that after living in Tucson for over 20 years, I didn't know anything mm-hmm. about the history and culture of Tucson. Hmm. And I just started this exploration of things I didn't know. And it led to some Facebook posts, and then you know how that goes. So people got interested, and then it ended up being uh, a radio show, uh, downtown radio, and now, and now a podcast that uh, you can find pretty much anywhere you, you listen to podcasts. And the the whole idea is to tell Tucson's story, where we've been, what we're doing, and where we're going. You know, I, I heard a, a very wise man uh, recently talk about algorithms and how cities are... <laughs> Can uh, can be predicted by uh, thirty minutes ago. Uh, it, it was something. It's time is flying. <laughs> but in that algorithm, in that algorithm, there's always the variable, and that variable is your history, your culture, and your values. Those things that you might have the same situation, but how you react to that is going to be based more upon that community collective experience than just simply the uh, the numbers in front of you. And I, I, f- I found that very fascinating as I, I dove into to learn more about Tucson that I just, quite honestly, was embarrassed after 20 years I didn't know. Uh, what were a couple of those things that, that you were embarrassed by? None of our listeners are going to be embarrassed today. They, they all know this stuff. But but uh, what were a couple of things that really jumped out to you over the last few years? Well, the story that started it for me was in 2015. I was downtown on a second Saturday, and someone told me they had just come from the museum where they fire off the cannon. <laughs> what do you mean there's a can? Where, where's this museum? Like, oh, it's in downtown. It's two blocks away. So there's a down, there's a museum in the middle of downtown Tucson that fires off a cannon on second Saturdays. And I couldn't believe it. I love that stuff. So I went over there. And I, this whole reenactment of of uh, that colonial period in our in our lives, you know, in the 1700s with the, the Spanish soldiers, the civilian life. And at the Presidio Museum, they're reenacting all of this. And I'm just in awe that all of these volunteers have dedicated their time and energy and someone like myself who enjoys this type of thing was not even aware. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what launched it. And then I found out about Mission Garden. And as you said, the birthplace of Tucson with you know, 4,200 years worth of history underneath of our feet, mm-hmm. continuously growing and, and, and changing. And now you know, there's housing and retail that's just another layer on that strata. It's just, it's just phenomenal. And then you just get into the individual people, you know, stories about Louise Foucault Marshall. And, and her impact on our community, mm-hmm. uh, her story. The Marshall Foundation. The, Mar- right? the, the Marshall mm-hmm. Foundation, Main Gate Square. You know, the first female professor at the University of Arizona who, whose entrepreneurial efforts 
in early 1900s ended up leading to Main Gate Square, wow. the creation of the Marshall Foundation, and, and millions of dollars to this day still flowing through Pima County nonprofits because of her vision. And I didn't know anything about her. Mm. And then the fun stories, like the, you know, the El Charo Cafe with 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 uh, you know Monica One of the best. and Carlota Flores, two, these two matriarchs over a hundred years, yeah. each, each fifty years apiece, have have run this fabulous organization, and their their impact in Tucson is well beyond just their fabulous food. And and having a chance to talk with these individuals and uh, and listen to their stories, you know, ours is not an academic exercise. We let we let people tell their story. We don't do a tremendous amount of fact checking. We want people. It's mm. more of an oral history. Tell us what mm. what you want us to hear. And then we try to present multiple sides of the story if there's an issue like that. But for the most part, we just want to capture uh, people's, uh, you know, th- their emotions about Tucson and, and, and why it's so important to them and, and why they spend their time and energy developing this great community. Beautiful. You mentioned a few, but of course, there's a massive collection of interviews that you've put together called My Life Along the Streetcar. Uh, I, I want to shamelessly peddle this this morning. Where can where can people go and grab this? So this is th- these are seven crucial interviews from the first year. So we've been on the wow. on the air five years. So these are five stories from the first year. Hmm. A lot of it is the transcript from the interview, and then we've updated it with some fabulous photography. My partner in this is a gentleman named James Portis. He helped do the layout of the book. So cool. And the majority of the photos. And you can go to our website, lifealongthestreetcar.org, if you want to actually purchase one. But I would recommend you go to Mission Garden Presidio Museum because we've donated several books to them. Mm-hmm. And I'd much rather you buy it directly from them as a fundraiser to their organization. But if you can't get out, you can head over to uh, to our website, lifealongthestreetcar.org. We'll also be uh, – I know we're going to be in Pop Cycle and a few other bookstores in the near future, just, mm-hmm. just recently released. Uh, but I would – Presidio and Mission Garden is where I'd hit send you first because then you get a great experience yeah. and pick up the copy of the book. Again, uh, we're with Tom Heath, uh, radio host, podcaster on his own. Life Along the Streetcar is the show. My Life Along the Streetcar is the book that you recently put out. Um, it, you have seen, and again, I think the interesting thing about this is that it is a geographically, uh, I don't want to say limited, but it's a geographically tied project where really you know the streetcar is this four uh, mile round trip streetcar right now that was designed to connect u of a with downtown with the west side you've seen it pre-pandemic you've seen it uh, during the pandemic you've seen it post-pandemic before we go to our first break uh, how is life along the streetcar the good the bad the ugly you talk to more people along that route than anybody in tucson at this point i think that's objectively true How's life along the streetcar? I think it's like life anywhere else. It's complicated. We have tremendous uh, growth. We have a, a huge amount of passionate people developing our history and culture, and we're also struggling with some of the th- same things you led the show with. You know, we have issues of of mental health. We have uh, issues of, of people that are um, uh, living on the streets that don't want to be there, and that we don't. We need to find solutions for that. We have people that have uh, drug abuse problems in the downtown area. Um, these are all things that are not limited to a downtown, but certainly I think you see it in larger uh, segments because of the density. But overall, I, I think businesses are starting to come back. Restaurants are opening. If you come downtown for a second Saturday or if you've been out on 4th Avenue or Main Gate, you are seeing a lot of people getting back into that that uh, that city vibe and that urban core. Uh, 
I want to talk more about that on the other side. There's a related hat that you wear, and I'm curious about your oral telling of, of some of those things. But one of the things that I've heard a lot on this show over the last, we've been doing shows for almost the same period of time, I think. And, you know, my, my church and my work has been downtown for a while, uh, now the last decade. Um, my, you know, home is now in the downtown area. And a lot of people will hear me uh, talk about it and will say, well, Zach, that's nice for you and I'm glad you're enjoying it. I'm on the east side of town. I still don't know why, you know, 10, 20 years into this whole downtown revitalization thing, why I should care. I don't see how it impacts me. What What do you say to that? Because I'm sure you hear it as well, and it's not a bad point, but what do you say to it? Well, I, I think you, you've heard the adage in the past that a, a strong urban center is the heartbeat of a city and I, I, I think you can see that in Tucson we're looking for growth economic development and the things that are, are being driven here are being driven in, in part because of the revitalization that's happening in downtown when you talk to some of the corporations that have moved here and I you know my side job I'm, I'm in the real estate side of things so I, I do mortgages for a living and I I have a chance to talk to a lot of people relocating here and their choice to come here is about this resurgence and this revival hmm. of, of Tucson um, but I also think it's interesting that if, if you do it, you know, one thing about Tucson that I think we're uniquely positioned for is we have a lot of cooperation between, um, believe it or not, you know, the city, the county, Rio Nuevo, the downtown Tucson partnership, all working towards common uh, solutions to some of the challenges that we just talked about. And if you can figure out how to do that in an urban setting, then those challenges aren't limited to an urban setting. Those radiate throughout the entire city. But if we can collectively come together with solutions, then you can also broadcast those solutions out to the rest of the community. Find things that work with this consolidated group of, uh, of effort from these different organizations and then bring that to other parts of the city. But it's, a, it's, it's an economic driver, and if you're living on the east side, the west side, north side, south side, you are benefiting um, economically because of the strength of, of downtown. And then if you live in Tucson, the urban core itself, the history, these, these years from A Mountain, University of Arizona, just that three and a half, four mile stretch, the amount of history um, that has, has been created in Tucson. Um, you know, there is no east side, northwest or south without, without that history starting where, where it did and moving, moving out to, towards the, um, the extremities. We're with Tom Heath this morning. If you just joined us, he hosts on Downtown Radio Life Along the Streetcar. Uh, his book just came out. Uh, titled similarly my my life along the streetcar collection of interviews we're catching up with him about it today part of our series uh, supported by our partnership with vantage west credit union when we come back from a short break i want to talk about another of tom's hats it's related he promised that we could talk about anything and everything i'm going to take him up on that we're going to talk about what is it like doing business downtown the good the bad the ugly we'll be right back last segment to go here on tipping point i'm your host Zach Yenso will return in just a minute on 1030 The Voice. From Oro Valley to Vail and everywhere in between, 1030 The Voice, trusted local news and talk. The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule 
scheduling time with Devin and her team. Zach Yenzo here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson. Located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their bee on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. Zach Yenzer here, host of Tipping Point, and I want to tell you that Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about. Run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. There's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022. To see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world, visit DecibelCoffeeWorks.com and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenzer for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. Hi, this is Ethan Orr from the University of Arizona, where we apply science for sustainability and economic opportunity. At the Arizona Cooperative Extension, we focus on youth leadership, water conservation, and environmental health. If you'd like to find out more about urban agriculture, youth development, or creating a healthier environment, call me, Ethan Orr, at 520-621-0906, or visit us at extension.arizona.edu. This is Bill Buckmaster, the new face at the BBB in Tucson at noon on 1030, Tucson's voice for trusted news talk. We're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning to you. We're live out of the Common Workspace studios. This is Tipping Point with Zach Yenser. This segment is sponsored by our friends over at Little Love Burger. Certain of the juiciest burgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, local brews, and breakfast sandwiches. You can follow them on social media at Little Love Burger for their most up-to-date hours and menu. And mention you heard about them here on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for a 15.15% discount off your next order. And this is the part where I ask our guest, Tom Heath, have you had Little Love Burger yet? Oh, absolutely. That was such an offensive question. I'm so sorry I asked it, of course. The Love Burger, the the chicken sandwiches, the french fries. But have you gotten the Zach Yenser discount? Uh, No. Okay, well, see. When I mention your name, they charge me extra. I don't know. (laughs) I think everyone else is paying for your discount. That's that's right. That's right. My deal with them was that it it was uh, uh, applicable to everybody but that Tom Heath guy. I was very clear. He doesn't need it. He shouldn't get it. So... The secret's out, Tom. I apologize about that. I'll go back and fix that. <laughs> That's Tom, I, Tom's I, not laughing. I, I, I'm okay paying full price. We'll, 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 we'll give them uh, all the, all they deserve. Absolutely. Uh, we kicked off our conversation this morning. You are the host of uh, Life on the Streetcar, a radio show and podcast on downtown radio. And you recently wrote a book that is a spruced up, kind of retelling transcript of your first year, some of the key conversations from your first year. It's called A Collection of Interviews, My Life 
along the streetcar. And we, we talked about how is life along the streetcar. One other hat while I have you that I'm interested in is you have been leading the last couple of years a group of merchants uh, in the downtown area affiliated. It's a Merchants Council of the Downtown Tucson Partnership. Uh, you and I, I think, are similar personalities. Uh, we start with the good and uh, we try to fix any challenges that exist. So in that spirit of the good, the bad, the ugly, how is it today doing business in downtown Tucson? Retell some of your conversations you have with downtown merchants. Well, and, and again, I think just to be very clear, this is my perspective, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's uh, it's something I, I think if you talk to different merchants, you're going to get a different idea of, of how well or how uh, of what challenges that are out there and what successes are out there. But in general, just like I said earlier, with life along the streetcar, it's complicated. Uh, we have a variety of businesses that have um, um, tremendous amount of success, mm-hmm. and we've had some that have left recently some that have grown too big for their spaces and and moved on. But I think in general, what you'll find is that we are still pushing to get more people downtown more consistently. Uh, Our our weekends are doing really well. Uh, Our events like Second Saturday are doing well. It's nice to have the Fox and the Rialto Mm -hmm. and the TCC back up because that brings a lot of people in downtown Mm -hmm. area. We know we've got a lot more residents downtown than we did before COVID. There's probably about another 700-800 units in the general area of, of homes, which is great. Uh, and then you have also the same challenges. It's hot. Uh, we have some empty storefronts that we need to fill, so it makes it a little bit more attractive. We have uh, challenges with uh, um, there's still some security issues, and you know the merchants I think have done a great job of creating their own um, their own effort. So the merchants have gotten together with the downtown Tucson partnership with Tucson Police. The city of Tucson, you know, these different organizations are, are represented and they have a regular meeting with these groups to say, how can we fix things? And we're working on collaboration among the merchants to do things um, collectively. So not just making fixes on their own, but working as a group to fix uh, entire blocks. And we're getting a lot of support from uh, the other entities that are that are providing, um, uh, providing um, manpower and, and guidance on, on how to keep downtown nice and safe no one likes to hear when there's an incident Mm -hmm. uh, but everyone understands that when there is there's a quick reaction on on how to improve things so i would say doing business is tough i think it's it's just tough across the board because Mm -hmm. of the same issues everyone's having and then when you're in an urban environment you've got the 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 uh the curse and uh and the benefits of of density Mm -hmm. when 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 it's dense you are busy 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 but when that Mm -hmm. density disappears it's tough and uh you know to staff for a a slow Monday and a busy Friday, its it's got to be a challenge, I would think. For sure. Uh, you, I think you and I have had some conversations offline about this, uh, and I'm not sure that we see eye to eye on it, which makes the best uh, makes Ooh. the best radio. I'm of the opinion that a fully thriving downtown will be realized when it, it is once again a full family um, environment. And again, I tell the story of neighbors in my neighborhood who grew up right adjacent to downtown. They would go to Tucson High, they'd come back, they'd pick up a prescription for their parents, they'd go buy a dress or a pair of jeans, they'd stop by at the grocery store and then maybe pick up you know, some take home to, to eat for dinner. That is not the downtown that we, that we live in today, either those aspects or the affordability of it. Is that a dream of a downtown gone by? Did COVID just turn that over uh, or are we going to 
continue to um, experience the majority of new businesses moving in are going to be food and beverage, and it's just kind of going to be an entertainment district. No, I, I don't. I don't think you and I disagree on that. I, I think there is a an evolution to that. A downtown, you know, the downtown Tucson partnership just completed um, the creation of a five year strategic plan and making it more accessible for everyone is a key priority. That includes uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. That includes families. Uh, those are all key components. Some of the things that you talked about, though, pharmacy, retail, dry cleaning. A lot of these things are now handled through delivery, so it's not the same. You don't have the same need when you're walking back from Tucson High. You can just come home and all those things are on your doorstep. Uh, but I do think you can create a family environment with experiences uh, and uh, different opportunities. You know, I'm re- really excited. Uh, Danny Cordova of uh, fame, he's opening several concepts downtown and one that's uh, down the road a little bit, but I'm excited for is a Raspato shop with like an indoor area for children with, the, you know, the specifically one of the first things uh, dedicated in downtown, besides like the Children's Museum, to attract families. Mm-hmm. Raw needed. Yeah, and I, great. I, th- I think everyone you talk to says that if you're going to have a successful downtown, it has to be vibrant and inclusive. And and we are working on that through a lot of challenges that you know everyone experienced through COVID, but that is a top priority for the partnership um, as a f- and, and for many others in the downtown area. Mm-hmm. Last question, because uh, time is flying as I knew it would, kind of crossing your real estate hat with your downtown hat, with your DTP hat. Uh, one of the things that experts seem to think is that the office space component of downtowns are, is changing, that it's going to be less of the anchor to a successful downtown. What are we seeing in our downtown? Did office space and office uh, uh, residency take a hit? Well, I think if you talk to any of our, our lunchtime establishments, they'll tell you that our occupancy is down significantly. I don't have the, the percentages, but yeah. the, the number of people um, on the streets during during those times are down. Uh, there's a, a, a bill um, somewhere floating through Congress at the moment at the very early stages about uh, putting some emphasis on converting uh, office space into potentially uh, housing opportunities. But it gets very complicated because you've got, you know, the ability to get loans are driven by so many factors um, outside of the community. Uh, through Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, and you know they have to be willing to to lend on on these uh, uh, these opportunities if 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 they're there. Otherwise, they're going to be cash only, and then it doesn't really solve the affordability issue. Um, but I can tell you, a lot of people are very concerned. I mean, you and I have been talking mm. since what 2015 right. about housing affordability. Yeah, yeah. And before it was cool. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're like, hey, there's going to be a problem. Hey, we're we're seeing a problem. Hey, <laughs> right. there's a problem. Hey, right. oh, okay, now we have to fix the problem. Right. Um, and it's going to take a while. I mean, we went through a decade after yep. after the recession of not building houses. Yes, sir. Yep. So it's going to take a while to recover from that. And in the downtown area, I, I love the expansion of, like, the ADUs, uh, accessory dwelling units that the city council passed. I think that is an opportunity. So we're, uh, we're working on the challenges, and I'm excited for uh, where this algorithm uh, takes us into the future. I, I hope we can. I hope we can break some of the math uh, that that we can write a different story on some things. But there's a there's a good story being written at the same time. And not only have you done oral history around it, you've actually written a large part of that good story. I like what I did there. That was pretty good. 
that was not scripted. Uh, My Life Along the Streetcar, a collection of interviews uh, written and compiled by Tom Heath, our guest for the last uh, half an hour. Also hosts uh, on Downtown Radio, Life Along the Streetcar radio show and podcast. Once again, your website where people can go and find you. Uh, LifeAlongTheStreetcar.org. Love it. Tom, thanks for coming in on a Monday. Great to always be with you and love having this conversation on air. Stay cool out there and stay safe. Yes, sir. Thanks, Tom. When we come back tomorrow, same time, same place, more good conversation about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. Hugh Hewitt's up next, Bill Buckmaster at noon. You can find us on the podcast, kvy.com forward slash podcasts, or Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on Spotify or iTunes. We'll see you tomorrow, Tucson. Thanks for listening.